Under the Helmet. You'll do your thing, all right? Don't be nervous, okay? The show that looks at long-term player value in fantasy football. It's the moment right here. We're going to have to decide what type of team we want to be. Building Dynasties each and every week. I don't even know your name. What's your name? Chad Parsons. I'm telling you, man, you're leading the league in hydration. I got a Dynasty team reaping rewards for the next decade. Find written and premium audio content at uthdynasty.com. Playing it safe in Dynasty means you're going to lose. Stop talking about it, man. Let's get this going right now. Welcome to Under the Helmet. I am Chad Parsons. Week one is here for our Dynasty teams for our NFL watching pleasure. And we are finally done. I'm recording this on a Sunday that I just realized it's the last one for about five, six months that we are not going to have Lord football in our lives. Uh, college football, we had our first full Saturday here. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of tilted matchups, lopsided wins uh, for the big teams. But at least that means football is back. It is next weekend. And Thursday, we have the kickoff. I always find Thursday to Sunday one of the tougher waits just because we got a little taste, but we're not going to get the full entree until three days later. I wanted to go over in this episode, over and again, this is the free show for UTHDynasty.com. I want to go over week one sleepers and players to watch. We've been going through the preseason. We've been going through training camp. We've been with bated breath waiting for some of these rookies since the NFL draft. And we've had NFL trades and free agency moves and so many players that have been bubbling up with optimism for a breakout and hype and and players that we can't trust to stay healthy and you know what right now they are healthy or some are not so i want to go over it's about 15 20 players and situations offenses here that i think are the most interesting going into week one now here's the thing overreaction theater means that in seven to eight days there's going to be so much on week one means everything and then there's going to be a faction that week one means nothing well it takes a few weeks i will hearken back to something adam harstead says which is you get a month in and you still go back to priors you still go back to that pre uh pre-draft pre-season assessment for a player so you want to make sure that you still have a slow burn of adjustment it is adjustment but you're not going all the way week one you know is a sign of 17 uh, 17 weeks uh, for the season and that will be the theme but there are things i always like to look at and again i'm going to mix in some previews of what uth content you will have on the premium side uh, whether it's patreon whether it's uth dynasty uh, direct on the site that you're going to have this season one of the things i do monday is look at utilization and and look at snaps and routes and and again usage that goes beyond how many fantasy points did you score and i think that's an important exercise as we start to get trend lines for this season that might differ from our assessment or what we possibly could imagine and that can lead to values in the dynasty trading marketplace so let me kick start here week one sleepers and players to watch first off anthony richardson He gets Jacksonville, so it's a divisional matchup. I think that we have not seen much from Anthony Richardson in the preseason. They are slow playing this. And uh, football guys, for example, rushing projections at quarterback, he is behind only Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson, and Jalen Hurts for rushing yards. And I, I think we need to remember, and this is an obvious report, but we need to remember that Anthony Richardson has potential to be the alpha and captain of rushing at the quarterback position. And that's a high bar, but he has that potential. 
So I just mentioned three other guys that obviously could push for 700, 800 plus yards, maybe a thousand yards like we saw from Justin Fields last year. Richardson is basically a Cam Newton-like player, but he has more speed. He has more potential there. He's huge. He's fast. He's athletic. And I don't think they have even scratched the surface of what the Colts plan to do with him. I think, and one of the more interesting things is, again, he doesn't even need the push behind him. But when the Colts, especially without Jonathan Taylor here early in the season, get down to the 1-2 yard line, I do wonder if Richardson for the short plunge touchdown is going to be their mainstay. I think Richardson is going to open up this running game for Deion Jackson. I think in, in for week one, we, who is a sleeper. And week two, is it going to be uh, Zach Moss coming into play? Is Evan Hall going to be a factor? Will Taylor be back? All these factors for the running backs. But I think Richardson improved a little in the offensive line. It's going to open up the world to whoever is seeing carries. So I think just the rushing game in general with the Colts. But don't forget about Anthony Richardson, that how much of a difference it makes to have a running quarterback. Even 40, 50, 60 yards can make it so that finishing in the top 10 to 15 for the week is really quite simple for them. And the passing can almost be a bonus. They almost get an added passing touchdown or passing touchdown and a half sometimes with some of their rushing production. Richardson is that type of player. So again, it's not the most ideal soft serve matchup to begin the season like some of these others I'm going to mention, but Anthony Richardson is the type that they have only showed a fraction of what they can do. And we saw some good throws from him, intermediate and deeper variety, that he's going to throw 50-50 balls. He's going to give his bigger wide receivers and targets a chance to make a play. And of course, the rushing will be there. Next one, Sam Howell. I actually put an exclamation point on this one in my notes. He gets the Arizona Cardinals. And I I think uh, this is another situation, not to the degree of Richardson, but people are downplaying what the rushing factor is. I think the biggest risk with Sam Howell is, A, taking too many sacks. His pressure to sack rate in college was so high. And it it was uh, above 25%, which is a crazy high figure. But look at this, the ideal at home versus Arizona, one of the more suspect teams in the entire NFL, and Sam Howell has mobility. So when he breaks the pocket, when pressure starts to come, the good news is he's going to scramble a decent amount. Now, when he doesn't take the sack, I think in general, good things are going to happen. The problem is he takes lots of them, and the pressure is going to turn into sacks. But this is a glorious matchup to start and get the good vibes going for Sam Howell. Quality weapons around him. The defense should control the game. I think the biggest risk factor is they can sit there with Brian Robinson especially and mixing in Antonio Gibson and maybe three or four carries, who knows, for Chris Rodriguez late in this game uh, if they get up is they can control the game in the second half with their defense and their run game. That I think is the biggest risk factor for Sam Howell not having a quality start to the season. But he is definitely a sleeper and player to watch in week one. Next is Brock Purdy. So many people, especially Dynasty does this, I think, a little more than Redraft, but it's, oh, this can't be real. This cannot be real. Well, he had a sample size, and again, it wasn't one or two games. It was over a month, and it was against, you know, is in a situation where a quality team, and it's basically don't mess this up. And he did not mess this up for the 49ers. Injuries messed it up for the 49ers when they were playing Christian McCaffrey and a Brock Purdy who couldn't throw the ball uh, with with a messed up arm. 
uh, there against the Eagles. I really would love to have seen that game fully healthy and both teams get to play. Uh, it was a non-game, you know, there, uh, there in the NFC playoffs. But for Brock Purdy at Pittsburgh, what a test. What a test for Brock Purdy, who's been ahead of the uh, recovery curve this entire offseason and people don't believe it okay Trey Lance is gone okay it's like eh. you know everyone is still very hesitant on Brock Purdy no one's saying he has a gun no one's saying he's one of the top 10 most talented quarterbacks in the NFL but this offense is the easy button Kyle Shanahan makes things easy look at Jimmy Garoppolo everyone is going to say Jimmy Garoppolo is not a good quarterback and Shanahan props him up but you know what Brock Purdy is here. He has the QB1 job. He's had it all off season, as long as he's on track to be healthy, which he has been and now is, and he gets the easy button. So it doesn't matter how you got here. He's QB1. He's got monstrous weapons, and he's going to be productive this year. Now, not a big runner, but he could absolutely be someone that the touchdown rate is closer to what we saw last year than all the regression heads, again, myself included, be skeptical. Yeah, there's certain quarterbacks, you know, it was um, Aaron Rodgers and Mahomes and, you know, there's quarterbacks over the course of time that, yeah, they beat the regression. They're just better than everybody else. They're going to have higher touchdown rates than everybody else. But there's also situations that make life easy. And I think Purdy, with these weapons and with this situation, life is easier than others. Trey Lance, yeah, he couldn't take advantage of the easy life. Sam Darnold is one of my favorite backup quarterbacks. I think he can take advantage of the easy life if he gets an opportunity. But Purdy, and again, I think at Pittsburgh, tough place to play, good defense, and if he can put up a couple touchdowns, put up good yardage, avoid the turnovers, look the part, basically do what he did last year as a nearly undrafted rookie, then... I think that should start to silence people as we go through here. But honestly, Purdy seems like the type. I don't think in Dynasty people will ever turn all the way over and truly believe in him in the macro. Maybe it's going to take some big massive contract uh, two years from now. But until we get there, I think there's always going to be, to some degree, more skeptics than believers. Moving over to the running back position, Alexander Madison. Minnesota's at home. They're minus six. They're against Tampa Bay one of the most worrisome teams out there that people just don't believe in. Madison is a top 12 play. And a lot of folks think Ty Chandler is coming for his job. Kenny Wongwu put on the shelf with injury. They brought in Miles Gaskin. I think Madison is going to eat here with a glorious opportunity, positive game script, and again, at home, Minnesota, big offense, and a, a quality favorite here over Tampa Bay. One of my big questions at the running back position and just backfields and running game in general in week one is Baltimore. They're at home against Houston. They should have plenty of opportunity to run the ball this week should they want so uh, want to. This is not a shootout game. And so Baltimore, J.K. Dobbins, you talk about dynasty pressure. A lot of people believe in him. He's got to be healthy. Is he going to catch passes? This is a low helo, high leverage opportunity backfield in terms of targets plus goal line opportunities. Lamar Jackson, I think he's going to spread and gun this thing, and he's going to be a bounce back strong candidate at the quarterback position. Now, who else, especially in the backfield, who's going to survive and thrive? I think that's one of the big questions. I think Justice Hill fits this offense better than Gus Edwards, but all are healthy. So let's see what happens here, mixing it up. How big of a committee is this? How big are those giant wedges of pie? 
you know, it's anyone seeing more than 45, 50%. Because if not, this is a mess. Good for Lamar Jackson, maybe not good for anyone else but Mark Andrews. That's what we've seen in this offense in general in recent years. And I'll believe it when I see it, when we see clarity and a funneling of fantasy production in a different way than what I just said. How about the Seattle offense? They're at home. The Rams, without possibly Cooper Cup, he's going to see a specialist. This is not good news. The Rams, it's Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup, and that's what's going to keep them alive. Their defense is Aaron Donald and the the Chevettes. I mean, this is, you know, Aaron Rodgers, uh, sorry, uh, uh, Aaron Donald and the Pips. Like, what, what, are we, what are we doing here? So this could be, and Geno Smith's another one. I mean, the stank on him, the non-love when all off-season, positive vibes. Oh, we're going to, uh, everyone's going like, oh, they're going to draft the quarterback of the future. That's going to be the spot for Anthony Richardson. Nope. Nope. Pass. It's, it's, it's Drew Locke back there. Drew Locke is the QB too. Oh, Geno Smith. Uh, we don't believe in him. New contract. Geno Smith. Eh, weapons. You know, eh, how's that going to improve? Let's go get Jackson Smith the Jigba. <laughs> so all those things happen and still it's like Geno Smith. Eh, pass has been the general mantra I've seen from folks, not believing it. He's, he's, he's in the Brock Purdy zone of Rodney Dangerfield. Get no respect. Get no respect here. So um, I think this is a, a glorious matchup. Seattle at home, favorites over the Rams, might not have, probably won't have Cooper Cup. This is concerning. Concerning for the Rams. But again, I think I look at the flip side and say, Seattle, what kind of start do you want to get off to this season? So you could pass the ball around. Geno could go for a top, you know, eight week fantasy wise. I wouldn't be so shocked at all about that. They can get Zach Charbonnet possibly mixed in a little more um, in this game than otherwise. So I think there's a lot of opportunities here for that Seattle offense. Wanted to take a minute to tell you about the offerings over at UTHDynasty.com. If you're not a GM Plus subscriber, you're missing out. Well over 300 premium shows, Dynasty focused this year. And one of the things that I mix in is the UTH trading transparency report. So you get five minutes, 10 minutes, depending on the the, the depth of the, the trades I go into from my own portfolio. But you get the backstory of negotiations, the why, and obviously talking about player value and and team construction and all of that. So diving into my own leagues, you get transparency into the deals I'm making in the trade market. I mentioned it, but every week this time of year, uh, you're going to get the running back roundup. I go through all 32 depth charts. We go into utilization. We go into uh, you know how those splits are going and how to optimize your bench spots in your league with injury away players preemptive pickups, uh, depth of leagues. So you get a lot uh, that goes into the most the the position that probably takes up and should take up the most roster spots in a large majority of Dynasty formats. Also, UTH Dynasty rankings and trade calculator, they're updated weekly. They're updated on Monday. So you don't have to worry about stale. uh, You know, uh, there's sites out there that have 10, 15, 20 rankers, and it's like they uh, put it all together in some big consensus. Well, you know, who do you trust? Who do you trust? And it's hard to glean that out. The other part is, who's been updated? You just look at the consensus ranking. Ah, someone hasn't updated in two weeks. Well, that guy's hurt. This guy's, uh, you know, this guy's been breaking out. He has the he has the number one role, you know, on these teams. So you have to keep all that in mind. Things change rapidly. You have this little window. And so when I mention this with trade calculator and rankings, uh, I'm going to do a dynasty trade cast every single week here at UTH, uh, going over the te- the players you need to know and. 
you have this small window. There's a game on Thursday. So basically by Wednesday, by Thursday at a minimum, you need to have clarity on who am I going after? Who am I going to explore trading? Because you're already down to about 72 hours, less than 100 hours until Sunday kickoff that things lock up again and the dynamic, the environment and the ecosystem of Dynasty Trading may change. So you need to be up on all of that and you can't wait till Saturday when someone sends out a tweet and you can't wait until you know Thursday, Friday, Saturday until everyone gets around or even doesn't because some some sites some people might even update rankings every two three weeks who knows so you need to have timeliness in season things move fast and also at UTH Patreon. That's patreon.com slash UTH. A lot of stuff over the past week. I did a top five, a show with top five biggest running back depth chart moves and impacts over the past uh, week or so. I did a couple of shows, I believe, on Jonathan Taylor, the dynasty trade market for him. He is the big name out there to buy or sell, and you have to have clarity on what those price point and what those ideas are. I go over the game plan there. Breakout players with Tim Torch. Started the series with a couple of the positions last week, finishing it this week with wide receiver and tight end. Also, in season, you're going to get most traded players. Who is being traded the most this week in the Dynasty trade market? And then 10 big things. I distill everything that I watched, every play of every game. And as a patron, you're going to get the 10 big storylines. It literally is a show that takes three, four, five minutes, but frankly, it takes me all Sunday to put together because you watch all the games, you distill it down to the notes and to the highlights there. And so you get a very short, compacted show every Monday morning into your inbox. And as I remind folks, there's a private RSS feed. So don't think that you have to go to patreon.com UTH to listen to the shows. You can get it right on your podcasting app of choice which a lot of people have transitioned because they just didn't know. And frankly, that's something every single month I need to tell people, you can get it on whatever podcasting app you want. And then finally, prepping for lineup season, which is every weekend, you're going to get a start rate matrix. Again, I've done tons of research over the years on start rate versus fantasy production. And in general, we overthink it. Use hundreds slash thousands and tens of thousands of leagues to distill down your choices so that you are going to play the high percentages and everyone else can start to take risks. So again, with rare exception and, and every once in a while, there's a running back evolving situation with injury or something like that that's going to shift start rate in the 24 hours leading up till Sunday. But a lot of times by Saturday, we have stabilized start rate data that is going to make all of your lineup decisions pretty easy here. And so I, I want that to be a huge feature over at Patreon for UTH. And then the final thing is the VIP chat. There's little, uh, we have little rooms for start decisions. We also have uh, trading. We also have uh, drafting when you're in the off season. But now we're going to be talking every single week about things like uh, our trading ideas and especially waiver wire strategy um, I, as and lineup decisions. But with the waiver wire strategy, we get folks that have Tuesday waiver runs or early Wednesday. And honestly, I go in there and I would say at least two, three times a month, I am going in there and adjusting for my later Wednesday waiver runs. A lot of people might be uh, Wednesday evening. And when we get those early data points on Wednesday morning or Wednesday midday, it really is a value add of saying, ooh, I'm a little too high, a little too low. I'm probably not going to get this player. Adjustments can be made as you go through your Rolodex and your profile of teams. So hugely valuable. And I always say it's dozens and dozens of the best dynasty owners on the planet. And we all sharpen our tool 
tools that are in our holster together on a weekly basis in season. So never been a better time. And I will say in the next, let's call it 48 hours, if you want to be a part of the best ball UTH uh, contest this year, that the only way to get an automatic berth is to sign up as an all pro over there. You get access. Even if you try it out for one month, you're going to get a free entry into the best ball contest and you're going to get uh, which has prizes and you're going to get access to that VIP chat for the first few weeks of the season. Try it out. Dip your toe in the water. See if you like it. Let's get back to content here for UTH uh, and the show this week. So also Arizona talking about their passing game. Are they competent? Oh, competitive advantage. Quarterback this week. Who's it going to be? Well, they don't have great options, <laughs> but are they competent? I want to see the Michael Wilson market share. It's a positive pointing sign that he's going to be on the field a ton from the preseason. So I, I want to know, you know, is he going to be someone that volume-wise, opportunity-wise, he's going to be able to hang? Can anybody in this offense hang? Uh, it's going to center around the quarterback position. Uh, no Kyler Murray. This is definitely one. You know, are they just a complete afterthought dynasty-wise? Is it James Conner and no one, you know, that we care about? And it's James Conner from a volume perspective, and Arizona completely stinks. Another uh, key question in week one, Kenny Pickett. A lot of buzz for him in Pittsburgh. Oh, he's taking the next step. Look at what he did to close last season. All of this. He gets the 49ers defense. This is a big-time matchup. Purdy versus Pickett. And let's see. George Pickens, is he going to be uh, a year two builder onto his profile? Can he round out his game a little bit? I still think Deontay Johnson is going to be the wide receiver one. I'm more interested in Pat Fryermuth as a breakout player than George Pickens as a, uh, a big uptick player. But Kenny Pickett as the linchpin here at quarterback. Next, Justin Fields passing. He plays Green Bay. Good defense there. Uh, it is at home. But Fields, I really feel you're still going to have massive question marks dynasty-wise until he progresses. Maybe it's not as quickly as Jalen Hurts, but at some point he has to show step-by-step progression to become a better passer. One example I, I always reference is Cam Newton. We saw questions with Cam Newton throughout his career. And you know, the rushing, he got by, but he was also the 101 uh, NFL draft pick. So that buys you a lot of allegiance. Fields does not have that. At least he was a first round and top half of the round uh, pedigree selection. But I'm telling you, he's got to take a step forward or the job insulation is not quite as robust. Next, I think people forget this. Michael Thomas right now checks watch. He's healthy. Plays Tennessee. So I want to see Chris Olave big breakout candidate. And frankly, it seems like low hanging fruit to say Chris Olave breakout uh, or progression forward. But Michael Thomas, he is a target hog and target volume guy. And if he's healthy, they're at home. Derek Carr, Juwan Johnson, I want to see this team. I want to see this offense. And I think the Saints are going to be better than expected. No Alvin Kamara. So a few more targets maybe are available to the wide receivers and otherwise. So Michael Thomas, Crossing fingers. Uh, I hope he is healthy for a long term because as he has huge uh, upside and stakes for folks if he is the quote unquote right answer and back to say top twenty uh, here for fantasy. Next, how about the the trio of optimistic plays at uh, for the Packers? Jordan Love, Christian Watson, Luke Musgrave, all projected to be on the field for ninety plus percent of snaps if you're going by the preseason. Musgrave, again, rookie tight end land is tough, but Christian Watson, 
if he rounds out his game just a little bit, we've seen some some red zone use from him. We know he has the big over-the-top and yak ability to turn a small gain into a long touchdown. So Watson is a huge potential dynasty mover this year. He might challenge. I mean, we he's one of the types that we could get to December and it's like, Hey, remember when he was way back there in the dynasty rankings evaluation? Because now some people have been the top five or six. That is absolutely in play. Luke Musgrave, hey, it's pretty wide open after four, five, six tight ends. And Musgrave could be right in that next bucket um, and could be one of those surprises that we don't get. We don't get top 10 producers at tight end for rookies very often. But if he's on the field as much as the preseason indicates, he is going to have a shot. Uh, the other few tight ends I have on the list here, Durham Smythe. Will the snap share matter? <laughs> He's going to be the clear starter here. But as we saw with Mike Kosicki, eh, they might just ignore the position entirely. It's a, it's it's more of a title than it is anything fantasy impactful. So Durham Smythe out there a lot. I've been promoting him. It's just you got to be in on this, even in a start one. Like, let's see what happens here. Well, in week one, I think, you know, if the targets are two or less, you know, and the snap and the snaps and everything is high. It's going to be tough to hold. And it's going to be one of those false positives of eh, not a lot of upside here. And he's not the talent of Mike Gesicki. Uh, Irv Smith. I just wrote post, 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 post. Keep writing post. It's like a, a fence. <laughs> How many posts do you have to put in? Post hype. Sleeper? Non, you know, non-committal uh, option here. I mean, he's going to get ignored. It, it, they always say like, you know, elevator music or when you're in a waiting room, it's music to be ignored by. You know, you can have a really good uh, string quartet and it's like, eh, no one really cares. You're just walking by. And uh, with Irv Smith, good wide receivers. They got Joe Mixon. Uh, they got Joe Burrow. Who's going to be covering Irv Smith? So he's going to have an opportunity here. Can he stay healthy? And frankly, he has not been very good in his career. So a lot of people have forgotten about him. I'm leaving the door slightly open. I can see the light through the window. I'm, I'm, I'm not going for this. I'm not going for this, but don't be surprised if Irv Smith is a top 15 to 18 option this year. Almost, you know, and, and I think that was around the zone that we had for Hayden Hurst. Just because there's a lot of other stuff going on in this offense that you go, hey, if Irv Smith beats us, okay. But we don't want these other guys to absolutely shred us. Darren Waller. Wide receiver one for the Giants. I think a lot of people, you know, eh, tight end 10, tight end 12, eh, old guy. Well, he needs to stay healthy, A, number one. But B, no wide receiver scares you in this passing game. So I really think Darren Waller, he's the type where it's like super unsexy dynasty guy for six months. And then now we get to lineup season and he could be right there at the big boys because he has been before and he could be an absolute lineup sledgehammer. Jake Ferguson. Is he going to be Dalton Schultz 2.0? Now, the wide receivers are better with Brandon Cooks coming in. Michael Gallup should be healthier than last year. And back to his more vibrant self, Gallup was a guy that finished in the top. Nick Ferguson is going to have a big advantage and opportunity here over Luke Schoonmacher. And Schoonmacher has just not been healthier. He's had a foot issue. He's just been behind. This reminds me a little bit of... of, of uh, Mark Andrews and then uh, Hayden Hurst had a lot of injuries in Baltimore in that first offseason, first preseason going towards. And I'm not saying Ferguson is on Andrews's level, um, but I am saying that you can have a rookie come in with decent pedigree, and if they're just behind, it can lead to an entire season of being behind. And that feels like the vibe with Schoonmacher, who could start out the year, and the way this is pointing from the preseason, he could start out as a tight end three. 
like barely playing. And then you're going to even have Peyton Hendershot over him. So Ferguson, a huge opportunity here. And he was an efficient player last year. Positive vibes coming out of year one as a day three tight end. And then finally, let's look at some defensive streamers here for your uh, DSTs. We always go back to you know, generally you probably don't have a guy there, and this is the week in free uh, in free agency on the waiver wire that you're finally have to turn that page, drop somebody to pick up uh, a defense. You can maybe wait on kicker a little bit, but I've got three plays here: two optimals and then one of the deeper variety. If available, I, you should go Washington. Uh, Washington Commanders are at home against Arizona. You heard about them a few minutes ago on the show. A golden opportunity. Uh, whether they have Chase Young or not, I, I think this is going to be one that they can pile up sacks, get some turnovers, and be an optimal play this week. Secondarily, Seattle. They are at home. Advantage there, plus they get the Rams. And Matthew Stafford, not the most mobile guy, might be without Cooper Cup. So those are the two primaries if they are out there. Now, if they are not, I think the deeper sleeper play is Atlanta. They get Generally, you want to target rookie quarterbacks. Uh, they get the Carolina Panthers. Uh, there's not going to be designed run packages for Bryce Young or anything. So Atlanta should be able to control the ball. They're another one. I'm just excited to see uh, Bijan Robinson. They've got a good collection of weapons. Uh, so hopefully they can get out to a little bit of a lead, get Bryce Young passing. Uh, and again, he's on the smarter variety, but I think a super deep play is Atlanta this week at home. In general, at home, you can target some rookie quarterbacks, some non-mobile quarterbacks, and uh, look for positive game script as all signs there. So again, free show. Thank you so much for listening all off season. We are here. Week one is upon us. Overreaction Theater coming next week. The schedule in the off season, recording this show on Sundays, getting it out for Monday morning, it's probably going to change. This show is probably going to be recorded on Mondays. I'm projecting ahead uh, at some point. So by Tuesday, first thing AM, expect this in your inbox. That's the plan. But as you know, you know, you get to week one and you got to stretch those muscles. Uh, you haven't been I haven't been doing uh, in-season content for quite some time. So it'll be Monday. It'll be Tuesday. It's not going to be like some of these uh, shows where they come out Wednesday, Thursday, or whatever. It's too late. Just way too late. So again, uh, but there's a ton of premium content that will be out. Uh, if you are so inclined, sign up at uthdynasty.com. Sign up at patreon.com slash uth. And uh, I already wrote out my, my schedule for the week. It's a little ominous, but I will say West Coast timing. Uh, it means Monday I'm going to be able to get more done. It means, it means I'm going to be able to get to bed at a good time on Sunday. And Monday is not a wash anymore. So this is on my list for Mondays at some point. But also on the list for Mondays is distilling all the data down, uh, looking at things like uh, again, high leverage opportunity scores for these backfields, running back roundup, as I mentioned, getting the, the 1.0 waiver wire article, and, and frankly, looking at possible free agents and their profiles. So that's another thing on my list this year that shame on me, uh, you know, taps myself on the wrist that I didn't do that great of a job with in previous years. Utilization data, as I mentioned, UTH trade calculator and dynasty rankings with their update, um, as well as getting ready for the massive shows at Dynasty Think Tank with Jordan McNamara on a weekly basis. You can find that on your podcasting apps and the weekly show with Tim Torch over at Patreon uh, for the UTH platform. So a lot of exciting stuff. And the big thing is we are driven by Lord Football and the fact that it is here upon us, the long wait, all the uh, machinations with, uh, I, I think back, the Combine, the NFL free agency, uh, we had trades. We had NFL draft. 
we had everything going through um, OTAs and training camp and the preseason injuries. And we are here. We are all the way to lineup setting season. And as I always say, contend and compete until you are formally eliminated from competition this year. And you know what? You still have to make a dynasty trade. It doesn't mean all your players in week nine, if you're horrible, have to go. Because you know what? 2024, we're competing again. So compete in it. uh, Compete all the way to the end. And it starts right here with week one. Great to have you with me. Great to have you aboard with UTH in whatever form you choose to consume. If it's only this show, thank you so much. And always great to have you. If you want to get more, get more, always more. Again, you know the avenues and the ways to do that. Thanks so much. Let's get ready to ride into the season. I'm Chad Parsons. Until next time, never settle, refuse to be average, and keep building those dynasties.